Hey everyone, welcome to MCU Fan Show episode 275. My name is Sean Gerber. In a moment, I'll be joined by Paul Herman for our breakdown of the latest trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Before we start talking about that brand new trailer, want to let you know once again about Fan Show Plus. That is the podcast that is exclusive to premium subscribers at patreon.com slash Sean Gerber or on Apple Podcasts, where you can hear us talk about extra MCU topics like all of the big news that came from Kevin Feige's re- Marvel Studios president, Kevin Feige, that is, uh, his recent interview with Entertainment Weekly as part of the press tour for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Shared a lot of big news, so discuss that over on Fan Show Plus, which you can find at patreon.com slash Sean Gerber, or on Apple Podcasts if you search for the MCU, uh, the MCU Fan Show channel, or Fan Show Plus, you can find it there and subscribe and hear those episodes. Also, make sure you're keeping up, with, keeping up with us in those places you can. We are at MCU Fan Show on Twitter and Instagram. And if you're enjoying the show, we would greatly appreciate a rating and review from you over on Apple Podcasts. It really does help. It really does make a difference. So thank you so much to those of you who have already taken the time to leave your rating and review. And now, on with our show. How you doing, Paul Herman? Well, I am doing well. We've got uh, a lot of trailers going on. We've got lots of news going on. Lots of, I think, good news. I think, I know Kevin Feige has kind of been out there saying, talking about all those stuff, <clears throat> excuse me, all that stuff we've been talking about with, with TV shows and mm-hmm. just feel, it feels like we're, I wouldn't say a course correction, but I do think it's for the better of what, you know, we, we've talked about in the previous shows before. Just kind of, it's, it's just like you said on Twitter. You know, we both called this, and then other people called it too. But this is the probably the right way of kind of slowing down Marvel shows and letting the movies and everything breathe a little bit. Because I think part of the fun with anything with Marvel and anything like with like Star Wars or whatever you know, you're into, it's fun to speculate and kind of ruminate and and just kind of just kind of get into what you're you know what's already out there. It's hard to kind of invest right. yourself emo- at least for me emotionally. A lot of things. So it's, it's just I'm looking forward to really having time to really spend with more the movies and the TV shows kind of going forward and even going back and trying finally finding finding time to rewatch these other shows. You know, I want to rewatch again. Right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling good about the future of Marvel TV movies. I've, I've been no problem. TV shows. I'm, I'm definitely feel better about the future at, at this moment. Yeah, and for those of you who maybe didn't see my tweet or Feige's interview, again, you'll hear you can hear me talk a lot more about this and and other news that he made with his interview uh, with Entertainment Weekly's Devin Kogan, who did a great job with that interview, by the way. And, and you should all definitely check it out. There's I tweeted out the link on MCU Fan Show Twitter account. But one of the things that he talked about was having. Marvel Studios making fewer shows per year on Disney Plus, which also means spacing them out a little bit more. And he talked about how the benefit of that is, you know, Marvel Studios has the good fortune of the stuff they make usually reaches that pop culture zeitgeist, but it's going to be more sustainable for them to continue doing that if they're putting stuff out, maybe not quite as often to allow everything to really have its own chance to shine, its own chance to stand out, which is very true. And along the lines of what we've been talking about and that there's been so much stuff that as much as we enjoy it and as much as we can't get enough of it, it just kind of tends to be, the, it just 
it's inevitable that the consequence is it does adjust our relationship with the stories that we are told through the Marvel Cinematic Universe and that there's just so much on to the next thing, on to the next thing, because there's always something that's just right around the corner as opposed to the olden times of the Infinity Saga where something came out and then you savored it for a long time because the next thing wasn't really so immediate as it has been for the past couple of years. And and look, there's that motive behind this. There's also what Feige didn't get into, the financial realities of streaming needing and Disney Plus specifically needing to be more profitable. So that's also going to mean not quite as many Marvel shows or Star Wars shows and things like that. So it just makes sense. But even though the financial motivation behind it isn't necessarily our favorite or most interesting thing, we just acknowledge as part of the reality. But the other part is true. And the other part is a benefit in giving these things just a little more room to breathe uh, and us a little more time to savor what's right here and now in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So you can hear me talk a lot more about that and a lot of the other news that Kevin Feige made in that interview. That's an ep- that's in an episode of Fan Show Plus that is already available. Patreon.com slash Sean Gerber, uh, slash Sean Gerber, if I could say my own name, or on Apple Podcasts. And now, in the spirit of focusing on the present, in the spirit of savoring what's here and now, Paul, let's skip Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania and talk about the trailer for the next movie after Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. That is the latest trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 that debuted just before kickoff of Super Bowl 57. Congratulations uh, to any of our Chiefs fans who may be listening. Uh, Also, I guess condolences to Eagles fans, but congratulations on a fantastic season and a fantastic quarterback in Jalen Hurts. So... That's it for sports talk for those of you who don't care about sports. But for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Paul, um, it feels like it wasn't even that long ago we were talking about a trailer for this movie and also talking about Guardians. I mean, Guardians have been on the brain because of the previous trailer for this, because of the holiday special, and we all kind of know what's coming. In some ways, we kind of dread what's coming, not because we're looking forward to the movie, but maybe not looking forward to perhaps maybe saying goodbye. And certainly this trailer, like the one before it, really wants to drive home the point that Rocket's not going to survive this film, which almost makes me feel like they're trying so hard to convince us that Rocket's not going to make it, that he's totally going to make it. Um, I don't really know, but... I will we'll get into the details specifically of various moments in, in the trailer, but I, I would just say to, to start, Paul, overall, I really like this trailer. It didn't necessarily elevate my anticipation any more than it was already elevated by the previous trailer and just the fact that I have loved this franchise within the, within the greater franchise of the MCU, the specific Guardians of the Galaxy, franchise has been a favorite and a sentimental favorite, very much so for me. Uh, I have a tremendous amount of affection for both of the previous volumes of Guardians of the Galaxy. So my anticipation is as high as it can possibly be. So it's not even so much about, for me anyway, it's not even so much about I need to see anything from these trailers. There's actually a couple things that we'll get into that are in this trailer that I would have preferred not to see. So there we go again with some of the Marvel marketing. But, um, you know, I was I was hoping things had been fixed by now, but they, they still haven't just yet. 
Um, but nevertheless, um, I am just totally on board and, and super excited about this movie. And at this point, I really, really don't want to see anything else from it. I want to go watch uh, Ant-Man and the Wall. I've already seen Ant-Man and the Wall's Quantumania and enjoyed it. Spoiler review coming up later this week or slash early next week, depending on multiple viewings. <laughs> but I'm already excited about and savoring here and now for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And then once we move on from that, yeah, I'm going to be totally ready for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. So I thought this trailer was great, and I loved a lot of the stuff that was in it. I would have preferred they held a few things back. Um, but overall, it just it doesn't really matter because I, I already know where I'm at with this movie. And not just in the general sense of it's the MCU and I want to see it. Specifically, I am ready for this finale of James Gunn's iteration of the Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, I am ready in terms of my anticipation. Emotionally, there's no way I'm ready for this. I, I, I like how you added the, uh, this iteration of Guardians of the Galaxy. I think that that's very well said. And I'm being serious. Like, I think that's a good point because I don't think the branding of, of the Guardians of the Galaxy will end in this. But this iteration definitely feels like it's the end for this iteration not saying they're all going to die but that their stories are going to be they're going to be moving on with their with their yeah. lives and in the in the, in the some people MCU. are going to graduate from this roster and and graduate move on to other things firm. great great yeah and i think there's going to be that's the kind of thing i kind of expect especially with the fact they've set up with nowhere that they're the ones kind of, you know, looking after it. It's what that's what we get in the holiday special. Mm -hmm. That's definitely what I get a sense even in this. And it, it, there's a lot of I'm just going to say it right now. And this might be unpopular. I didn't really care for this trailer. I didn't hate it. I just was like, OK, it's fine. I, I It was kind of not disappointing, but I just didn't really, I just, it didn't move the needle. Like and I'm excited about this movie, but it didn't make me feel like you said, Sean, any more hyped for it it didn't diminish it but it definitely didn't make me go oh man this is more in, in showing me what i need to know exactly what I, for exciting things or i don't know it's, it's weird i just, it just didn't wow me in a lot of ways and it, that's not a bad thing well, but i think it's I also know. the choice to give us another trailer for this right now when it's only been a couple months since the very first trailer and there's a lot of stuff in this that either are, I mean, there are some shots in this that were also part of the first trailer. There's sure. a line, the rocket repeats that line of, we'll all fly away together into the great and, and beautiful sky, which is like the, the rocket I'm going to die line. And so I, I think for some of that, it was uh, a little repetitive um, compared to what we just saw in the previous trailer. Um, I don't know. I, I almost would have rather seen a smaller tease for the Marvels on during the yeah. Super Bowl than I because just to be able to also have a teaser for the Marvels attached to Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania because there's already a perfectly good Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 trailer to attach to Ant-Man and the Wasp yeah. Quantumania. That said, I understand that if you're going to spend the millions of dollars that it takes to have a Super Bowl spot it makes sense to advertise the movie that's closer. So Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. Volume 3 is going to beat the Marvels into theaters by almost three months. So it just makes sense to advertise that movie instead. And obviously it's a, a bigger event because of Guardians and, and how mainstream they are. How weird is that? I'm That just is never not Seriously. weird to me to talk about the Guardians Seriously. of the Galaxy being so mainstream, but they are. And, uh, and and wonderfully so, thanks to 
James uh, thanks to James Gunn and, and everybody else who's done such a great job telling these stories over the past several years. So I, I think that's where I'm at. It's not that I didn't like the trailer, because I think we almost both sound a little negative, but it's not. I liked what's in here. I really did. It, yeah. It's just yeah, yeah. what I liked about this trailer is what I already liked about the uh, about the previous trailer and the stuff that they added to it. A lot of it is stuff I would have preferred not to see. So uh, let me stop beating around yeah. the bush and, and finally get you know 13 minutes in. Let's get specific on this in this podcast. Yes, yes, yes. So I really didn't want to see. Peter Quill and Gamora reunited in the trailer already. I didn't yes, want to see that. Agreed. They held that back from the first trailer. And this was like the big tease of, of Peter Quill's search for Gamora at the end of Avengers Endgame. Make me wait for the movie to see that moment. And, and I get the argument you could make against it because you could say, well, this isn't really the reunion. And the moment that the the reunion that they do have cuz obviously they've already reunited and it looks like been captured together during this uh, sequence where Star-Lord is talking we get the voiceover of Meta Girl, you know, he formed the Guardians, Meta Girl fell in love, she died, she came back and then she came back as a total dick uh and then we as we see her shoving him. So we see that unceremonious reunion and Nebula also saying left a lot out but that's the gist of it, which I that part I did think was funny. But I know the more positive thing of Gamora and Peter Quill connecting that they've held back, but I would have just held it all back. Like I want, I wanted to wait and just experience that moment in the theater watching the movie for the very first time. I didn't necessarily want to see it as there's already a little bit of a status quo here where they've been reunited. But as you would expect, just like we saw at the end of Endgame, she's in the final battle sequence. She's not necessarily the biggest fan of this guy yet. Will this version of Gamora fall in love with Peter Quill like another one did? I don't know, but I just I would have kept them apart in all of the marketing for this. I, I just would have held held that moment back. Not that it's necessarily going to be the most emotional or powerful moving moment of the entire film. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of those moments throughout this movie. So I don't feel robbed here in any significant way, but they didn't have to show this in the marketing, so why not just hold on to it and save it for the movie? Because I, I don't know, we, we already know about Peter Quill's search for Gamora, or just remind the audience of that. For the general audience marketing, which that's what all this stuff is for, it's a Super Bowl ad. So, okay, fine, you can still do what the first trailer did. Remind everybody of Peter Quill's search for Gamora, and that's sufficient. I don't actually need to see what the immediate outcome of the reunion is. I know it will progress from here, and, and hopefully they'll at least save that progression and not, I mean, I'm done looking at anything from this movie now because of how yep. much they showed in this trailer. I'm done looking at anything for the next three months. But this was something that I, I wish they would have held back. There was no reason to give this away. And I really hope that this tendency of Marvel to give away more and more in their trailers. I, I hope this trend at some point that there's a, a reversal, because if this is what they're already giving away in the second trailer, three, almost three months before the movie's out, knowing full well, they're going to release a bunch of other videos before the movie comes out. Uh, I can't even imagine what else they're going to let out, uh, let slip over and not even let it slip, just flat out shove yeah. it in front of our faces on their social channels 
just I, don't make me mute you, Marvel. I, it's it's really tough trying to dodge spoilers from from Marvel's own marketing. And this is one where not that it's a massive spoiler. I knew Peter Quill and Gamora would see each other again at some point in this movie, obviously. But I'd rather just wait and see well, what context. that moment. Is. I'd, I'd rather just wait and see what that moment is for myself when I watch the thing. Yeah, yeah, no, that's the thing with me too. I, it was nice to see it together and acknowledge that <clears throat> they're gonna play on that whole idea that's a different person, all that. But you're right. Like I do feel that they should have held back on that because I, I, and the reason why obviously is because for the laughs. That's what they're, you know, they're not trying to play up the emotional aspect yet. Like there's not other jokes in this movie. Ex- exactly. That's exactly what I was gonna say. It was the fact that. I get they wanted to lead with some. These are they're funny things. Like like these are really well written and well established and perfect for these characters. But the problem is it's so on the nose. You feel it like you like you Sean. I feel this would have been better in the context of the film than seeing it for a Super Bowl ad for a movie that you know. Which again maybe in in, in hindsight or not or because it, it's exactly what you want to do for a big budget. You know, spending you know how much money six million dollars on a thirty second spot or whatever. But yeah, I don't, I personally wish they would have waited, like you said, put more jokes in. I just, this, this, this trailer just doesn't really give me, and, and, the, and the, like these big moments they set, like we, we see, because not only just that uh, one part where it's like, she came back with a total dick, is like the whole part with him and Nebula at the very end. Like the, to me, like, those right. are like the two big scenes that like you're establishing like that they have a kind of a relationship a little bit like and not like, you know, not like that relationship, but like, you know, like they have, they're friends now. They're not just like kind of like, you know, be a what's the word? Uh, uh, oh my gosh, can't think of the, the term I'm thinking of Un- uneasy alliances or whatever. Uneasy yeah. allies. That's not there. There's they're, they have some kind of you know friendly relationship now. And we see a little bit of that. And obviously in, in the holiday special, but you see that further here. And I like this. I would like to see that play out in the context of the film rather than a trailer because the trailer to me you're selling not these moments but like the whole overview of the movie and it feels like they went with more scene specific than like overall story specific it felt like light on story and more on like like again these segments of scenes which is was definitely a choice and i think that's you know i think that's why i didn't like it Actually, now I realize it. Now we're talking about it. I'm like, that's why I don't like it. I wanted more high evolutionary because I think to me, I, the actor's not the problem. It's the situations of the of the, of the character. I love the high evolutionary. I, I, I feel better about him now than I did, but I would like a little bit more context of that because I feel like that's going to be more what you need to sell the, the fans on is this character, at least to me, in my opinion, um, this new villain and what he represents. And they do a little bit of that, but like you said, it's more of a rehash of the previous um, trailer. There's a few new scenes that I felt it, he looked a lot better, to be honest. Um, I'm, not, I'm curious what you think about that, but it, I know he never had as much problem as I did, but the Ivan Ooze aspect was definitely brought back a little bit. And I think some of that was probably the lighting was a lot better. I feel like for this, um, I, there's a, I have a couple uh, speculation things I think are, are definitely uh, I definitely feel better about my speculation of this movie after watching it. But yeah, like I, I feel that I wanted more a little more high evolutionary to give more of a context of him mm-hmm. opposed to these the ruining these these special scenes I, that I would have preferred in the context of the film. 
Yeah, I mean, I understand why they did what they did, because the part that actually aired on TV was the very end of this trailer. It was the, for those yeah. who didn't watch the game, the part that, because they don't air the entire trailer, because then it becomes a $24 million spot. You're paying for the 30-second spot thing for, or actually ended up, would have been closer to five times. So they the part they aired was the very end tag of the trailer, which is Gamora telling Peter, you know, this person you're describing sounds more like her pointing to Nebula. And then, you know, it dawns on Peter for the first time. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe I might have feelings for Nebula. And as he explores that, Nebula has zero patience for it. And then as Peter tries to compliment the eyes, we get the whole thing about the eyes were from Thanos because he was replacing them to torture her. And Peter gets one last one liner in about Thanos having picked a good set. But um, it's a funny sequence. It's way funnier than than it is when I just described it. That was awful. But it is funny, and I understand why that's a, a nice little isolated tag to make people laugh, to get them to go watch, because you're also trying to get them to watch the entire trailer online. But I feel like there's got to be another silly moment in this that doesn't involve Peter interacting with Gamora. Um, I just I would have saved that for the movie, but I understand why they felt like Maybe they didn't necessarily want to or need to do that. And okay, fine, I'll I'll move on from that point. I think my criticism is is well voiced at this point, or voiced, I don't know about well. But yeah, high evolutionary. I think Shakuti Awuji, who's playing this character, it looks like he's doing an awesome job. Like I I, I really dig the performance. I like the intensity behind the performance. I also I do like the look of the character. I mean, I know that uh, the the lighting inside of Hall H at San Diego Comic-Con when he came out in costume did him no favors, at least in terms of the photos and videos that got shared, really no help. But once we saw him in actual footage from the movie, that's more akin to what we're going to see on the big screen in the previous trailer and in this one, I've had no problems with the design of the character or how he looks. I think he looks great. I would agree, though, that I think he looks even better now than he did in the initial trailer. And after, because over the past couple months, obviously they've continued to work on the movie. So the character just continues to look better and better. And I think that I'm okay with not showing. I mean, if I'm gonna complain about them showing too much of Peter and Gamora together, then I'm, I'm not gonna complain about them holding back somewhat for the high evolutionary. I'm fine with them holding back the villain. Like I, I understand that, the main, and I think they do as well, like the main selling point of this movie is the Guardians and selling this as a finale of this team together. And I think maybe that's where they went in the other direction of like, well, Gamora is historically part of the team. And so we want the audience to feel good about knowing that she is there and she is going to be a part of this and interacting with other members of the team. We don't want anybody to be questioning that. Not that anybody really would have been questioning that, but I digress again. So um, I'm fine with them being fairly limited in what they show for High Evolutionary. They do establish him as an antagonist. They do establish him as pretty powerful and pretty sadistic and, and brutal with what you see with Rocket. Like we get even more of Baby Rocket, Subject 89P13, and showing like that shot of Baby Rocket like strapped in for like the High Evolutionary exper uh, experiments. Like that's intense. I mean, I know it's just little CG raccoon, but it's so adorable that like it's and terrified that it's just it's awful. And so they they sell that the brutality of the High Evolutionary comes across in the limited amount of time you know screen time within this trailer. So that part for the trailer, 
I think just totally works for me for what it's supposed to be in quickly establishing the antagonist while also focusing on the larger selling point of this team and time to face the music, one last ride, all of that sort of stuff. So that part totally works for me. Um, also introducing, we get a lot more Adam Warlock in this trailer and the shots of Adam Warlock, like the one where he's in flight, flying through that neighborhood that we saw at the opening of the first trailer, which I think points to what you said, like that sequence happens later in the movie. Um, Cause when, I, I think that definitely feeds into perhaps the high evolutionary's sacred mission of creating this perfect society. Maybe that is what he feels is the perfect society. And we're seeing that later on in the movie. We know Gamora is interacting with the team at that point, so it's probably not the very beginning of the movie anyway, because Gamora is running back to the ship and it looks like she's carrying an unconscious rocket uh, as part of that action sequence. There's also a great shot of Drax and Adam Warlock fighting, another cool shot of Groot like dropping down on Adam Warlock in nowhere. So a lot of cool Adam Warlock action. Was that Adam Warlock? There's that moment where Peter is tackling somebody out of like the high evolutionary's base and no, then they like, fly off the platform. I'm like, who was that? I feel like they were wearing all white. Yeah, I, they I, were, I, but I'm like, uh, a henchman isn't an important enough character to dive out of a window with. Um, <laughs> like, that's got to well, be somebody a, else. But Well, I mean, like, I, I think it'll be an established henchman. Like, maybe. You know, yeah, like, I, I guess so. <laughs> established henchman. I like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, there, featured, featured henchman. Uh, yeah, you go, you go, hench person. We don't know. So, Ooh, like, like, I, I think, um, I don't know. I, I The Adam Warlock stuff I thought looked cool, and I also like that they don't really say a lot about Adam Warlock. He's just yeah. there looking cool and, and intimidating and, and badass and powerful. So that part, totally working. Again, that shot of, like, the Drax-Adam Warlock fight might be my favorite shot of this trailer. Like, that one looks Word. awesome. So I, I've got no, no qualms with that. So there were... That's why I, I wouldn't go uh, quite where you were in, in just not liking the trailer. I like the trailer, and I like a lot of the stuff in it, even if, yeah, there's some stuff that I just would have preferred not He's be in it. He's easily my but, favorite. But Adam Warlock looks favorite. awesome in this. Yeah, Adam Warlock is probably the thing that salvages this whole thing for me, because I... Is it Will, is it Will Coulter? Is that, I always uh, Poulter. See, this is this is why I'm terrible at pronouncing things. When I, at my job, I always tell people, "Don't even ask me to pronounce anything. I can't do it." Um, well, the whole thing with with Adam Warlock is so fascinating to me. And at first, again, I hate still images. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. Like I've said this since the beginning, Sean, with the Avengers, when when everyone was doing you know Blue Steel and the Entertainment Weekly cover. I, and oh like, man! Hey, you know, everyone's hating on this. I said, you know what? Let me just see this in context because the Captain America costume, which I know everyone doesn't like the, the Avengers costume, but I said, let's just see it in context. I end up loving the costume, but again, it just doesn't look good just standing still. It looks better moving, in my opinion. Yeah. Right now, going back to everything I've said about any costume out, out here ever since, I gotta see it in motion. And I know a lot of people were hating on like there's a people hate on the certain aesthetic that Marvel does with their designs of costumes some here and there, which I'm like, whatever, I'm, I, I get it. But with Adam Warlock, I was I wasn't nervous, but I'm like, this looks cool. This looks good. But I wasn't like, oh, my God, like, you know, I just love, I just love Adam Warlock. Right. But seeing him in action, these two trailers, I am one. I freaking love it. Like, I think Will uh, Fulter has, you know already has won me over this. I haven't even heard him speak yet. 
and he's already won me over. I hope he doesn't have like a Tobey Maguire thing going on where he just sounds like completely a different person that I'm expecting. Um, which I don't think so. But two, that I'm so intrigued and I, and I need to, me and Chris, funny enough, almost rewatch volume two a couple weeks ago because I need to get back on this because I don't know where he fits in to not just the Guardians, Sean, but the whole MCU kind of going forward because of how the, the Infinity uh, Saga right. is now before Adam Warlock. For people who don't know, Adam Warlock is heavily tied with the Infinity Stones right. in the comics and not anymore. Now, again, he has a little dot on his head that's an Infinity Stone in the comics and, and here it's not. But what I'm curious is where that what will happen, how he ties in. Because obviously there there's a reason for his existence, and obviously Volume Two was was created with Endgame and Infinity War already, you know, in motion and et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot of speculation on my part where how does high evolutionary fit into everything? And there's just a lot of this is where my greater MCU brain starts thinking, and this is why I love the fact they're not following this the mapping the comics word for word and you know whatever. Because it makes it exciting because I just don't know. I have no idea where he's going to fit in. And I'm telling you all right now, Adam Warlock's going to be a big deal. You don't add in Adam Warlock into this movie and set him up with an actor, actor like uh, he's been cast as, uh, with, excuse me, and not just, just kind of use him here and there. Like, especially on a third Guardians film. Like, this with the Eternals and with this. And remember, if, you, if you're an Infinity Gauntlet fan, read the comics back, in the you know early 90s uh pip the troll adam warlock they're homies like they all hang out like there's there are they're they're building up a very interesting dynamic and who knows maybe adam warlock's gonna be a guardians of the galaxy you know leader going forward you know with a new iteration i don't know so there's lots of really fascinating things in my opinion with this with adam warlock that i'm just and he looks looks amazing like he all his power set sean all fits I'm like, yes, yes. Like, like this guy is so powerful. Like every, he's going to trump everybody. Like he can take on the whole guardians and kick the crap out of them, like straight up. And I think that's where I'm curious where he shows up at the very end with high, high evolutionary. I wonder if he ties into helping defeat him because they, they'll, the guardians will not be able to defeat high evolutionary by themselves. He'll have to yeah. come in. It, kind of set the, it feels uh, like the antagonist who becomes a friend, you know, like I, it, right, it right, totally right. has that sort of feel to it with Adam Warlock. And that would certainly uh, fit well with the comic books. Would it, does that mean that's what they're going to totally do in the movie? No, not necessarily. It might be going in right. a totally different direction, but yeah, I could also see where Adam Warlock is charged with taking out the guardians and, in the process of trying to kill him, gets to know him a little bit, learns they're, learns they're not so bad, and they get to become friends. Um, and yeah, maybe he is part of a new Guardians roster, potentially anyway, coming out of this movie. I, I'm not really sure. But I, I do think that as far as where he's coming from, well, from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, he's being created in one of the many mid-credit scenes of that movie. He's being created by the High Priestess, I, the high priestess Aisha, and there's no sign of her for in this trailer. And she's also part of the Sovereign. No sign of the Sovereign anywhere in this trailer. But frankly, the fact that the Sovereign were all about their genetically perfect people that they were creating, 
would not be hard at all and not much of a stretch at all for them to now in this movie establish some sort of connection between the high evolutionary and the sovereign. For all we know, he helped create the sovereign or at least helped them evolve into what we have known them as in this franchise earlier. So that could be part of the equation here, even if we're not seeing how all that fits together in the trailer. And we're not supposed to see how all that fits together in the trailer. So I'm fine with leaving that um, a mystery for now. So obviously, if Aisha is the one creating, she doesn't like the Guardians, uh, obviously. So if she's the one creating Adam Warlock, then it would stand to reason that he would go after her. But it's also, it's really worth noting for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and the creation of Adam Warlock. Remember that Guardians 2 in the MCU timeline is set just a few months after Guardians 1, which is still, as was reaffirmed in Avengers Endgame, that's still 2014. So you had a few years, and then you had the blip, and who knows how Adam Warlock... I mean, what if Adam Warlock was born while Aisha was blipped and never knew who had created him and has been wandering around space lost, right? Like, we have no idea what this character, we know where this character physically originated from, but what's happened between now and then, we really don't know. And thankfully, we have a movie to actually explore that. And just because I'm saying we don't know, um, if anyone from Marvel is listening, they're not. But if anyone was, yeah, please don't answer that question in, in the trailers and featurettes and whatever else you're going to be releasing between now and, and this movie actually coming out. Just hold on to it. It's fine. You're not going to sell any additional tickets by telling everybody where Adam Warlock came from. So I, uh, I hope they'll go ahead and continue to uh, preserve that mystery for the movie itself. But suffice to say... Adam Warlock looks absolutely awesome in this, and uh, and yes. also High Evolutionary, like, as another, the main antagonist in here, Adam Warlock, also an antagonist who may eventually become an ally, but uh, to finish up on High Evolutionary, like, that shot of him, like, just levitating down that hallway that's engulfed in flames, like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I love that shot. Just looks mm -hmm. amazing, and so I think in terms of antagonists, I'm fully on board with what we're seeing from this movie so far. Can I can I propose a speculation uh, receipt and and also not just you know a receipt but I just hope this happens and I, I I have faith in James Gunn obviously he's doing some crazy things over there in DC land and um and I love James Gunn I really do I I do I I really have got even more so now than ever um but with that you know if you watch Peacemaker. Sean, I think you'd agree. You finished. I mean, you finished Peacemaker, right? Of course, I did. It's the uh, best superhero yeah. streaming series of 2022. Yeah. So one of the things I think we've, I think we even, I remember we talked about this. I'm pretty sure it was us. You know, just how just ridiculous it was, but also the fact that it leaned into its comic book roots, and and had fun with it, but never really made fun of itself, and took itself seriously to an extent to where when you have a little like. Uh, a, per, a little like skitty scrawny you know, uh, guy in a green costume doing like martial arts off the walls. It, it it's funny, but it's also like taken seriously. You just in like vigilante. Like, all, I say all these things because James Gunn respects where they come from, and I think that does play. That, that's important. I really do. I don't think it's a it's a it's it's the you know if you do that you're going to get success necessarily, but. James Gunn knows how to invoke the spirit, but also knows what how to keep things like 
accurate, but in the best way possible, right? I say all that about high evolutionary, and I've been critical of one of the key components, and you know me, I love me some mask. I, I do love the full look, and I think there is a, there is that whole, um, the mask does add an element of dehumanizing the character and you know, or against his humanity. And I think it's important, to be honest. And I'm not saying it's it's like the do a be all end all, but I do think it's important. I after kind of seeing a couple scenes in here, I'm gonna throw this out there and propose it to you. There's a couple scenes that you obviously are it's a flashback because mm-hmm. he's got hair, right? So take that. Okay, that's obviously him talking, you know, it's Rocket, someone's remembering what happened back in the day. He's got hair there, and all of a sudden he looks less human in the next like this new iteration right what if after his battle with the guardians or adam warlock or whoever he gets so heavily scarred that he's like he uses the like helmet mask whatever at the end of the movie like you know i hope they don't kill him off and but what if that would happen like he would have not it would be like the very end of the, of the movie not like during the movie or anything like that so like we're talking like it's almost like the final a moment of, of his humanity or whatever it would be gone at that point. Um, and, th- and that, that full on helmet comes on. It could be interesting because as we know, there are helmeted people coming in or, you know, fully full masked uh, characters coming into the movie or the movies that soon, you know, I think it just with Dr. Doom yeah. could be kind of an homage. Well, I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Homage, like, honestly, that shot of him levitating down that flaming hallway, like, if all of a sudden an armored mask came out of like the side of his head True. where there's those gaps there, like, and he wears that for protection at certain moments, like I could see that happening. Cause we know that's the deal in the MCU. We have everybody that now has masks with nanotechnology or some other form that can go on and off in, in the blink with a thought, right? Like that's what everybody's got right now because it makes it super easy, super convenient for people to, have their masks on and off so actors can show their faces and emote and, and all of those wonderful things. So I, I do feel like the mask slash helmet, I don't know that it's guaranteed to make an appearance, but I could, I, to- agree. I could totally see it happening. And I think there's easy ways to do it um, for it to pop up. I mean, it could be a big dramatic thing. It could also just be, Oh, getting a little hot in here and stuff's exploding around my face. Let me uh, put my helmet on. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that, which I can do with a thought, just like most people can in the MCU. I could just see that being how we get there and, and we get a chance to see that. Because, yeah, to that point, James Gunn, if the DC, if his Guardians work in Peacemaker and Suicide Squad and then the DC studio slate hasn't proven it to you, I don't know what will. The guy has as much respect for this stuff as anybody who's ever touched it um, and to adapt it for especially in live action. And so, yeah, the character having some of that, a little bit more of that comic book design also put in there. And hey, if it is in there, save it for the movie. <laughs> so that, I would be totally fine Word. with that. I don't need to see it ahead of time uh, if it is going to pop up. A few other things I want to make sure we get to from this trailer um, that was, uh, scored to, uh, rainbows since you've been gone. Um, curious how you felt about Craglin staring so lovingly, longingly at that Yondu arrow. <laughs> uh, I feel like he's going to get a moment of, uh, mastering Yondu's arrow, which honestly I don't have a problem with. It's, it's a nice tribute to Yondu within the movie. Um, and Yondu is such, uh, an amazing and emotional part of this franchise. So I, 
I, I know that's not ne- Craglin's not necessarily your favorite, and Craglin having the the arrow and everything and the fin and whatever is not necessarily your favorite thing, but I've got no problem with it. And I don't think Craglin's going to have a massive part in this movie, but I think he is going to have a, he's going to, like he has in previous movies, he's going to be able to have a couple of his spots. And I like it for multiple reasons. I like Craglin as a character and think he's been a lot of fun. And then also, Sean Gunn deserves it because Sean Gunn spends more time as Rocket than Bradley Cooper does. As much as I love Bradley Cooper's voice performance, Sean Gunn is the onset Rocket who is the one. That's who the actors that we watch in Guardians movies and love in Guardians movies, that's who they're acting with as Rocket. It's not Bradley Cooper, it's Sean Gunn. And so he's done so much work for this franchise, for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I know that doesn't mean that a character, um, just because the actor deserves it, doesn't mean the character does uh, for Craglin. But this is a case where I think both things are true. I, I think Sean Gunn deserves it, but I also think through his performance, but then also the writing of James Gunn and direction of James Gunn in the previous two installments, as well as the holiday special, why not? Um, they've properly set up Craglin to get, you know, to be able to pick a couple spots out for him in this movie. So I'm, I don't know what those moments are going to be, but I'm, I'm actually looking to looking forward to Craglin shining a little bit in this one. Yeah. Listen, I, I, I felt Craglin was, I was more used to, not used to him. I felt better about him a little bit after the holiday special. Um, you know, he's still my favorite. Nothing against Sean Young. This is nothing to Sean. This is not a Sean Young like Sean Gunn. Yeah. God, God yeah. damn it. Sean Young is the. Uh, that's a whole different person. Yes, a it is. Real different. Yeah, a whole different gender. <laughs> um, but uh, but no, like um, Sean Gunn. Excuse me. Uh, nothing not a bash on him by any means I, I like i like him i just the character and just how he's i just don't like the don't like the fact that he inherited yondu's thing it's just it's just weird to me i because i'm also old school yondu i mean i love the guardians 90s comics and like yondu's like it's literally his hair so i'm just like ah, it's just weird um i i'm whatever about it i i think if he's not as long as he's not a main main like member and, and it, it by all means it's not been shown that way so i'm know. not he's in some of those group shots so like i i do think he's on the team i don't necessarily think he's one of the he's not a starter uh, on the team but he's there he's, 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 he's there he's out of nowhere he, he, i think he's, 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 he's on the well, I still think he goes on some of the space missions too. Like I think he's he's on the depth chart, you know. Like I said, he Well, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And and that's and like I said, he's not going to take over and become like the featured player, but he's going to have some moments in this and I am looking forward to those. And um as far as some other things I want to make sure that we get to um Drax looks awesome in this. Like there is a big Drax belly laugh that kind of gave me uh reminded me too much of the first act of guardians of the galaxy volume two, where that was basically Ooh. all Drax was doing um, yeah. as much as I love that movie. And so, but Dave Batista has as Drax has overall been amazing and uh, a true revelation within the Marvel cinematic universe. And I'm so thankful for the performances that he has given throughout all of these movies. Cause I think he's done a great job of taking a character who is who can be very silly and hilarious, but also there's just a very strong emotional core to that character. 
and it comes through in some of these moments. Like there's two things in, in particular, that line about him being grateful to fight beside his friends. There's also that moment where it almost looks like um, he and Mantis are almost waving a little goodbye to each other or something, or a case I don't see you again. It almost looks like if I'm, not that I'm skilled at it, but if I'm reading Drax's lips, like he's almost saying, love you, uh, as they're waving goodbye to each other. And maybe I'm totally wrong about that. I don't know. But um, it looks, I mean, this is going to be a very emotional film for all of these characters, for sure. But I think this is why I'm so excited about Drax is because I think that as funny as he is, what really makes this character so enjoyable in the MCU is when we, knowing that underneath all of that silliness and, and the everything, you know, nothing goes over his head, his reflexes are too fast, he would catch it, like all of that funny stuff, the hilarious stuff that we have gotten from Drax over the years, I think part of the reason, a big part of the reason this character has really endured and resonated so much is the emotional side of the character um, and the depth of the character. And I think in his best moments, that's where it's shined through. And it looks like he's going to get an opera. Dave Batista as an actor is getting even more of an opportunity to do that in this film than the previous two or Infinity War and, and Endgame and everything. So I'm I'm all for Drax getting uh, a lot more of these types of moments in this film because Dave Batista, he's good at it and and deserves the, deserves to have these moments too. Yeah, no, I I agree. I, I like Dave Batista and Drax, and you know it's one of those things where, uh, again, Volume Two, not my favorite. Drax definitely took a step back in that movie, in my opinion. But then he also was fantastic. I thought in Infinity War, mm-hmm. I loved him in Infinity War, and it felt. It just felt he felt more natural in that in that movie than in in uh, yeah. volume two. I mean, two. I couldn't see him in Infinity War, but I heard he was great. Oh, that was per- well well done, well done. And th- here's the thing too: Vo- G- Volume One did more for Drax, De Batista. I mean, like that whole thing is just, is such a lightning, not lightning in a bottle, but it's just, it's a special performance because he does so much for that movie that he's because obviously rocket and, and Groot, like there's so many people you could argue like is the heart of that movie, but Drax does so much heavy lifting with, with, with emotional beats, comedy beats, action beats. Like he's probably the, he's not probably, he is the most versatile character in maybe the MCU because of so many things he can do. And it's like, you could use him for any kind of moment, have him be the, you know, the brute force. It's, it's, it's crazy what, what Drax can do as a character. And I don't know, as far as what, you know, how, how versatile the writers can use him for. And I think, um, I think infinity war is a great example. And I think volume one is a, the best example of how great that is. And I'm hoping that he goes back to that versatility, which we've got a little bit in, uh, a little bit of insight into that. And I think we're, we're seeing that the, the funny things we saw in the first trailer into this, it feels like Drax is coming back a little bit in that sense. Um, maybe it'll be a little over the top still because, because obviously gun has a, you know, Lux use him that way. He's still going to have his Drax moments, but it's, right. What makes him a great character is he has both. And I think right, as exactly. long as that range is there and that balance is there with the character, then it all can work extraordinarily well, as uh, as we've seen. I think Drax mm-hmm. also has to be very high up on like the Death Watch list if any main cast member, True. main Guardians team member is going to die. True. That's just because if we step outside the, the story, 
Dave Batista has made it very public uh, numerous times that he doesn't plan to play the character again without James Gunn, that he is he approached this movie as if it was going to be his last. Now, look, all it takes is a bunch of money, but more importantly, because Dave's not just all about the money, all it takes is the right pitch and, you know, for somebody and even James Gunn to look at it and say, yeah, Dave, you should totally do this because this is awesome. Even if James Gunn's going to be busy leading DC Studios and not get to be a part of it, there's always the potential for Dave Batista to change his mind and, and come back as Drax if the character is still alive. But if that was his attitude going into it and James Gunn was also leaning in that direction, then maybe that would be Drax. And look, that's a character who would to- all of these characters would die for each other. So we'll we'll say that straight up straight away. Like all of these characters would be willing to lay down lay down on the wire, not just cut the wire, lay down on the wire to save everybody else on the team. So they'd all be willing to do that. Um, and certainly uh, that includes Drax. So I, I don't know. He is. I, I am worried about Drax in the same way that I am very worried about Rocket. I do think with Rocket though, you're talking about going through the character's whole life story. And it looks like, um, you know, when he was little with Lila, a reunion with Lila. And so that's the little otter character that you're seeing. Like, it just seems like there's going to be something uh, in terms of the situation with Rocket. And there's still that shot they show again of the one of Quill, like looking down at someone and kind of screaming, like, is that, and there's like tubes, is that Rocket hooked up to some tubes? Did did High Evolutionary get a hold of Rocket and try to continue his work? And, and now Rocket is is dying. Like, they're, they're still... And I, I mentioned the, you know, flying into the great and beautiful sky and all of that stuff. They are still leaning very heavily in the Rocket is going to die uh, vibe in these trailers. And, and I don't know what to take away from that. It's almost like they're laying it on so thick that it makes me feel like... There's just no way this is what they're actually doing in the movie, or maybe they feel like they have to emotionally prepare the audience for the possibility that Rocket may die, because in fact, he is in this. I I really don't know, because James Gunn has also said on so many occasions over the years, Rocket being the one character above everyone else on this Guardians of the Galaxy roster that he relates to and, and has, you know, sees himself in the most... And so if James Gunn is having his his swan song for the MCU, that this would also be the swan song for Rocket, it would make sense. Um, I, I could totally see that happening, but I could just as easily see Rocket making it out of this one alive, and it's maybe somebody else like Drax uh, who goes in this one. The only one I feel pretty good about surviving is Groot, because Groot's already sacrificed himself and died at the end of a Guardians movie. So Groot, I feel is probably okay. I also feel pretty good about Nebula, but then again, Nebula sacrificing herself to save Gamora at some point in this movie would also track with that character's journey. These characters could all have potential reasons to sacrifice themselves for each other. Um, There's definitely moments that tease people being gone. Like there's the shot that has Mantis in it, as well as Nebula, Drax, and Gamora, and then a few others in the background. Mantis is crying at whatever they're looking at. Nebula's kind of looking down uh, looking pretty, uh, looking pretty sad. So I don't know if that's a revelation of of somebody being gone. There's definitely a, a lot of these different moments that are are leading us to it, and the dialogue as well. I mean, very, very sentimental, which these movies have been, and I've loved them for it. Star Lord saying like we were, uh, they were all searching for a family until they found each other. Are you ready for one last ride? Is even one of the lines that he gets in this trailer. 
So this sense of finality is uh, it's very heavy in this trailer. And I do think it's for a reason. I, I don't think it's because they want to tease us into the idea that somebody's not going to make it and then everybody's going to be fine at the end of this. I, there's a way to end this that doesn't mean everybody in the Guardians is gone at the end of this movie. I, I don't think that's the case at all. I do think some of them are going to make it out alive, but I would be surprised if everybody who's been a staple of the Guardians roster in the Guardians films over the past several years, I would be surprised if they all make it out of this one uh, because it is going to be just that that sense of finality and also just it's a very emotionally charged story and I don't think it's James Gunn killing somebody because it's the finale and someone's gotta die. It's just sometimes that's where the dramatic storytelling takes you and so it would not surprise me and I don't think it would surprise anyone whether we're emotionally prepared for it or not if by the end of this movie we're bidding farewell to someone or multiple someones from this team. All right, Sean, I'm going to ask you, over, under, how many fake-out deaths are we going to get in this movie? Ooh, <laughs> fake-out deaths. You know it's coming, like, like, you know. Well, you have to set, you have, to, I, I think you have to set the over, under at one and a half. Because um, okay. I think you're, because to me, the question is, is it going to be one or is it going to be two? I don't think it's going to be like three. That's too many. So uh, I'll set the over under at one and a half because then you, that, that's really where it comes down to it. So oh, I'm, I'm going, okay, I'm, I'm going with three then. Okay, so, you, so you got the over. I got the over. I'm going right. with three. Well, it's no fun if we both take the over. So I'm going to take the under. Ah! And we'll, see, uh, <laughs> we'll see where we end up. There's no stakes on this whatsoever. But yeah, I, maybe I should have set the over under at two and a half. That's where I screwed myself. I, 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 no, 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 you, you, can, you can move it. All I right, I, I'm setting the over. Since you're going to bet through, I'll, I'll set the over under at two and a half because I think it's going to be two. <laughs> so, that, no, no, I think that's fair. I, I think that's a yeah. good call. All right. So there, there's your, there's your non-bet, everyone. But, uh, <laughs> but you know what? Our listeners are actually pretty good at identifying and keeping track of that stuff. So I, yeah, I won't put are. it past They're them great. to, uh, to hang on to it and yeah. remind us of who was right. So I will take the under, and Paul's got the over on two and a half fake out deaths. Yeah. Should we also set an over under on uh, how many actual deaths there are? And when I say oh. actual death, oh, okay. okay. When I say actual death, I'm. Villains excluded, so okay. don't care. I mean, I care. We care. We but care. for the purposes yeah. of this exercise, do not care about High Evolutionary Adam Warlock. I'm talking about main Guardians of the Galaxy members. So, and and I'm talking about starters, okay? Not depth chart role players like <laughs> Kraglin. So really, okay. we're limiting this to Star-Lord, Rocket, Groot, Drax, Gamora, uh, Mantis and Nebula, if I didn't say her already, um, because mm -hmm. she's been uh, a member of the team for a little while now, not necessarily a member of the team in the first two movies, but she's been there long enough that uh, that I'll I'll include her. So out of that group, I'll let you set the I set the line on the first one. So you set the over under line on actual Guardians, you know, Guardians starting team members, starting squad members. How many of them die in this movie? This is oh, so morbid, but whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, this is part of our process of dealing with it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, but see, I, I kind of think there's going to be... I'll say the original one, the one and a half, because I feel like... That makes like, sense. Because yeah, it, it's either going to be one or two. It's, I don't think it's going to be agree. more than that. Yeah. 
And, and to be honest, I I'll, I want to be the the old the ultra morbid guy, but I'd go the over on that one too. To be honest, okay, I will uh, I will take the under on that. Well, that makes it easier to keep track. Is I've got the under yeah. on both of these lines. <laughs> You've got the yeah. over. Uh, one and a half versus two, uh, you know, one and a half actual deaths, two and a half fake out deaths. Um, yeah, I, I do kind of, I feel like it's going to be one or two. I don't feel like it's going to be much, too much more than that. Um, they can't go Transformers the movie 80s yeah, style. And just, okay, yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be like doing it in the, basically the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um, oh, so right, yeah, right. I, I don't feel like that's going to be much of an issue, but yeah, there's definitely stuff they're teasing. Like there's the big jump, uh, jumpsuit fight that kind of reminds me of the kiln escape. And I think it's actually supposed to, I think that's James Gunn, you know, a visual callback to his first yeah, movie. Yeah. Um, and you know, Drax takes uh, looks like as they're carrying him out of there, like there's a burn mark on his chest. So he took a pretty good blast to the chest, but he's alive. Um, so I'm, I'm not really sure. I, I feel like the only ones I really feel super worried about their fate are, um, Rocket and Drax. And then, yeah, I guess an outside chance. Um, I don't think Mantis is going anywhere. Um, I agree. I, but Gamora and Nebula, I could see a moment of, you know, sister sacrificing herself for sister, um, Star-Lord, maybe, I mean, there is that big jump out the window, but I also, I don't know, I, I feel like Star-Lord is a character who, I don't know, Chris Pratt hasn't necessarily said he's done or, or hinted that he's going to be wrapping up, which doesn't necessarily mean anything, um, but I could totally see Star-Lord, because he's been a solo character in the comic books as well, so even if he's not a Guardian anymore, I could see him moving on and still having a place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or having, still leading a, a new team of characters, I could see him doing that, so... Um, and as I said, I, I feel pretty good about Groot. I actually also do like, by the way, there's a shot they they reuse from the first trailer, the back-to-back shooting shot of Rocket and Groot, which seems to be in the same room that Peter Quill normally like tackles somebody out of, but it's also the one where Groot and uh, Star-Lord are walking in, kind of looking at the high evolutionary. And so it is some confrontation with him. Is this before or after Rocket has uh, potentially died or at least been captured at this point? I'm not sure, but... I do like that it seems like there's going to be a stretch of this movie. I don't know how long it's going to be, but to actually pair up Star-Lord and Groot, because we haven't seen them paired up that much uh, in these Mm -hmm. movies. So having some different pairings of these characters is another thing that could potentially be really exciting. And just expanding on some of the one-on-one dynamics between some of these characters within the context of this family that they have found in each other, which is super sentimental and, and beautiful, like to explore that in more ways, which I, I liked the pairings that they did in volume two and to have a little bit more of that, maybe not have everybody paired up and away from each other, the rest of the group for as long as we saw in volume two, but little bits of the film to have those pairings, I think could be uh, really cool and, and really benefit this film. So anyway, uh, that's all I had on my list of things. I definitely wanted to make sure we we got to. I did like that tag at the very end of it. As I said, the whole like Star-Lord just making like the loving eyes at, at Nebula. I I liked it because, I mean, again, I didn't want to see Gamora in the shot, but I did like it, even though I would have preferred it not be in this trailer. But since it was talking about it for what it was, I think it was really funny. And I also think it points to just the longing that Star-Lord has, not necessarily for Nebula, but he's been so desperate to be in love again that uh, at the mere suggestion that maybe something could work with Nebula, he's 
he goes all in to try and check it out, and then obviously it, it doesn't work. Um, and I think it wouldn't have worked for him even if Nebula hadn't told him to uh, to knock it off. But in any, unless they do end up falling in love with this movie, which I, I doubt. So overall, I, I liked this trailer. As I said at the top of the show, I didn't necessarily need it. There was a lot of stuff that was repeated, but there are a few new shots in here that I really, really liked. But then also some stuff I would have preferred to that they had saved for the final film itself. So it'll just be this recurring theme of me, the old man, yelling at the cloud of, of Marvel marketing. And But I know I'm not the only one. I know we got a lot of listeners who feel the same way. So I, I hope you feel heard and you feel seen uh, in this trailer breakdown <laughs> for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. We're going to keep fighting the good fight to uh, get Marvel to start keeping some secrets again because they were really good at it for a while. And, and, I, and all they really have to do is try. And so I would like to see them doing that uh, a lot more going forward. But overall... I like this trailer. It just, it was never going to, there's nothing it needed to do for me because of just where I'm already at with my anticipation for my love of this franchise and my anticipation for this film. At this point, it's like, I'm, I'm all in. I just want to enjoy Quantumania and savor that film and then get ready to watch this one in May because I, I do think it's going to be very special. Both of the previous, I know not everyone loves volume two as much as I do. Some do. But those first two Guardians movies are are so special. I mean, they're just special in general uh, for how great they are, but they're also very special too and, and mean a lot to me. And this franchise has meant a lot to me over the past several years. And so I just want to see this get the finale that it deserves, the, the finale that these characters deserve, this story deserves, these fans deserve, and also James Gunn as kind of his Marvel Studios swan song, at least for now, for the foreseeable future, and so uh, I, there's a lot riding on this movie emotionally, but if, uh, if you know, past is any indication, I, I feel like James Gunn is going to do it again because he's been so successful thus far with what he's been doing for Marvel Studios. And I, I don't think there's anything more, whatever's riding on this for us as fans, exponentially more riding on that for, for him, but he's always been able to answer those challenges and, and answer them and very, very strong and, and positive fashion. And I, I expect that to be the case here. So really at this point for me, it's, I've seen all that I need to see. I've seen more than I need to see. The movie's still almost three months away. So it's more like putting the blinders on and, and getting ready to watch this movie in full in May. Yeah, I, I've always said, I don't need to see trailers. If it wasn't for the show, I probably would maybe watch one trailer, maybe. Cause I, I just, I'm excited about all this stuff. I don't need to be sold on it. You've they've already got my money a couple of times. And, you know, the, like you for you, Sean, even though I don't love volume two, volume one is a very special movie for me. It's probably the first Marvel film that my wife actually enjoyed, um, you know, and we actually can you know, not connected on it, but we just enjoyed it together. Yeah. And, and oh, don't worry, we're going to we're going to go back. We've got oh, between now oh, and Guardians, right. we're going to you got you got to save some things for our, uh, you, you know, our, our journey to nowhere or whatever oh, I end up branding ooh, it, ooh, ooh, <laughs> I like that. whatever I, like I end up that. branding it. Uh, yeah, like we, we will be talking about, um, those two movies and, you know, other stuff, Infinity War and, and Endgame and just, you know, the, at least the Guardians part in those movies. So sure. yes, we will be, we'll be getting pretty nostalgic, even though these movies aren't even that old. Uh, we'll start, we will yeah. go ahead and get a little nostalgic and, and some, tri some trips down. Yeah, we are, uh, yeah. these movies aren't, <laughs> but we are these trips down yeah. memory lane, uh, in our, and the, the various journeys taken to each of the Guardians movies that have preceded this one. Because, yeah, there's 
a lot of feelings that have been coming back up. And this is why I don't even need the trailers. Like I'm, I'm marketing yeah, the exactly. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 movie to myself every day uh, with all of the thoughts <laughs> I'm having um, and, and memories that are coming back uh, in just in what it was like getting to the, the first two movies and then now, of course, getting ready for the finale with this one. Yeah, no, I, I think that this movie looks... I'm excited because I think not just the trailers. I think that the holiday special was a, a giant trailer for the movie. And I'm if that movie is any indication of where obviously the thing, not always. That's a good point. I mean, the holiday special was the best trailer you ever could have asked for with for that movie. Well, honestly, at least for those really, of us who, you know, would watch it. I understand it's as mainstream marketing goes. It's not effective because there are more people who watch these movies and might right, watch these right. movies than will watch a holiday special on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, but but to, to me that that to me is it really sold on what I love about James Gunn and the energy that he in, you know, puts into these films and just the the feeling of these characters. I really felt I kind of refill in love with them a lot th- that through that holiday special. And honestly, it was a lot of good of goodwill that I think he earned back for me from after Volume Two. Even though I love the Suicide Squad to death and I love Peacemaker. Obviously, different companies. So going back to you know the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, it was just a, a reminder of how he does know these characters, and he didn't. He, in my opinion, don't love Volume Two as much as Volume One. I'm I'm close, but at the same time, I think Volume Three has a lot of potential to bring it all back home, and really give us something special, like you're saying. And, I, and I'm not. I don't get my hopes up, but I'm feeling really confident. This is going to be a really a really gratifying film that I don't think we maybe have gotten in a lot in the MCU to be honest. I, I say gratifying besides Endgame, obviously. That's like the ultimate gratifying. Yeah, well, Endgame, you know, No Way Home was pretty gratifying, so we've... That's fair. Okay, okay, okay Every okay. Every couple years or so, we get these from the MCU. I mean, we get them more often than we should, frankly. We're spoiled uh, in how often we get them, but uh, yeah. Besides those two, I can't think of another one that's a good send-off. Like, and, I mean, like... Sure. Like, like civil war is a little different, right? Like it's not a send off, right? Like, you know, but this to me feels like a, fin- a real, like you could stop watching the movies here with, and like, not what I want to, but if you were a casual viewer, you could feel good about, like, yeah, I've, I've, all right. That was a good story. Like I, I can stop watching at that point. They, it's a good jumping off point. And I say that in all deepest respects of James Gunn jumping off into a different company and these characters for et cetera, et cetera. There is that sense of fin- finale with this and, and just having that gratifying ending. We don't really get a lot with the MCU. Like, again, with a couple of exceptions. Yeah. And it's really going to be interesting well, to see what happens. It's uh, rare in the MCU as it, in the com- as it is in the comic books because these stories are not designed to end. And yet, uh, when you get a chance to have an ending and you can act, I mean, that elevates expectations and pressure and, and all of those things. But like you, I mean, I... I can do my best to not get my hopes up or keep my expectations in check. I also know damn well that's going to be a struggle with this movie because, um, but I'll, I'll I'll blame James Gunn. They're not coming from there. It's not just coming out of nowhere. No pun intended. It, it has nothing. It has everything to do with the quality of the stories that he has told inside the MCU, specifically for this story, and but then also outside of the MCU and what he's done. I tend to like the stories that he tells, especially in the superhero space and in especially still with Guardians of the Galaxy. So, yeah, I have, I have the utmost confidence that for all the expectations, all the anticipation, all the emotion that comes into this, that James Gunn will deliver something um, 
not only satisfying, but but really, truly special, as he already has a couple times in the MCU, so might as well do it uh, one last time before he uh, switches full-time to his new job over at DC Studios, and then I'll start looking forward to a Superman movie that he is at least writing, and we'll see whether or not uh, he directs that, but so excited for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, so excited for everybody, but especially Paul, to go see Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania so I can know what he thinks about it. And then we can dive into our spoiler review. I know there's going to be a lot to talk about in that movie, and so I cannot wait to have that conversation. That will, of course, be the very next episode of MCU Fan Show, so be on the lookout for that. Easiest way you can find it is, you know, in the same feed where you got this. So just make sure you're subscribed wherever you got this podcast. Follow us at MCU Fan Show on Twitter and Instagram. Paul, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Herman22 with two N's, a.k.a. P-Thug. Please, please, please go over to my YouTube channel, The Comic Binge. We are so close to 1,000 subscribers. Um, I just That's a big milestone for many different reasons. Um, and I appreciate everyone who's already done it. I really have really, really just been really grateful and overwhelmed with people's responses. And just recently I had a, an episode with, uh, my wife for Valentine's day where we did a, I did a little interview with her cause my wife loves comic books, but not comics that I like necessarily. Um, so I got to, it was really fun to kind of interview her and kind of talk about some of her favorite comic books she likes to read. And, and also by the way, Sean, I, I quizzed her a, a little family feud style. Mm. about some questions for you know for me god she just she was horrible and I, <laughs> I i could not believe i said who's my you know they have some marvel characters you know superheroes that i love and she's like uh i don't know did she at uh, least get spider-man well I, besides spider-man that's awesome, <laughs> all right but she was like i don't know like she like started naming of all these random people like like I think she even said, oh, there was one where it was like completely out of nowhere. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? She only one she got, uh, she missed Daredevil, Hulk. She got Captain America. Or just, okay. uh, the Avengers. I'm like, what? What? You know like, what? That's, what a, that's a good guess. It covers a lot of ground. So that, that's a, it, eh, survey says. Eh, I know. know. I, I just think strategically, I, I, I can understand why she thought that was the right way to go. I, I, I don't blame her for that tactic whatsoever. So yeah, but um, yeah, was, I, I, yeah, I, I respect it. <laughs> I, I respect the strategy. Fun. That was fun. Yeah. It, yeah. Check yeah. It out there. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, thanks everybody. Yeah. And then make sure you also check out fan show plus. Cause I forgot to plug it a few moments ago. Cause if you want to hear me talk about all the stuff that Kevin Feige was talking about and what it all means for Marvel studios and the MCU moving forward, patreon.com slash Sean Gerber or an Apple podcast search for the MCU fan show channel or Fan Show Plus, you can find it there and subscribe and get those episodes. If you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, you may do so. I am at Mr. Sean Gerber. So for Paul, I'm Sean. Thanks for listening. Enjoy Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, and we'll see you soon for our spoiler review. Until then, take care.